At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Get a Grip with Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Get a Grip podcast. I am Shane Bacon. Going to be a slightly different episode for you this week. It's just going to be me. I'm going to talk about something I did on the golf course, a little different than recapping a major or interviewing a player. But I still try to play competitive golf and still get into a few tournaments each and every year. And I've played pretty solid golf this year. And a day ago, I accomplished, I would say, without a doubt, the the biggest accomplishment of my golfing life at 39 years old. I was uh, able to qualify for the U.S. Amateur, which is at Cherry Hills this year. I never played Cherry Hills. I used to live in Denver, never got a chance to go out there and play that golf course and uh, had a qualifier on Tuesday at a golf course here in New York, Bonnie Breyer Country Club, which was awesome, by the way. It's kind of over there by Wingfoot and Fenway and Quaker and all those types of courses. And uh, the Met Golf Association put it on. Shout out to the Met. They always do an amazing job with all their golf tournaments. But, I mean, it was like 85 guys or 80 guys in the field for two spots and two alternate spots. And I have never played in a USGA championship in my entire life. Never played in a junior when I was younger. Honestly, I don't even know if I tried to qualify for a junior back in those days. That wasn't really, you know, a a thing that you'd circled on your radar. I know, you know, the really, really good juniors, especially, you know, my age division, which was, you know, Casey Wittenberg and, you know, uh, James Vargas and that crew would play in those things. But I mean, I, I didn't do it that much if, if ever. And then I tried to play pro golf, so never was really doing any of the USGA stuff outside of U.S. Open qualifying. And in 2019, I got through local U.S. Open qualifying. That was actually at my home course in Arizona at Phoenix Country Club at the time and didn't obviously get through final qualifying, so didn't get through the U.S. Open, but had always dreamed of eventually one day playing in a USGA championship. And as I've gotten north of 30, I was joking with my dad yesterday, you know, this was my last shot at a U.S. Amateur before I turned 40. I figured that USGA championship hope was either going to be a four ball or a mid am. And I still hope to play in a four ball in mid am. But uh, yeah, you know, sometimes uh, the stars align. I shot 70 70, uh, 36 holes. They have a cut after 18. It's a tricky golf course. The one thing I've learned about living and playing in the Northeast is the golf courses don't look tough. You know, you play Arizona golf. And there's trouble on both sides. You go to Florida and there's water everywhere. You know, you you play these championship places like Inverness and Aaron Hills. They're 7,800 yards. In the Northeast, those aren't the golf courses, yet they're very difficult because they're hard in the old school way. The rough around the greens, the rough off the fairways, the pins can be tucked. The bunkering is difficult. The design makes it intimidating at times, even if the hole is relatively short. You know, I always joke, you look at the scorecard, when you play a golf course in the Northeast and you see 62, 64, 6,600 yards and you kind of scoff at it in a way. And then you play and you go, I just shot 77. What what happened here? So 
wasn't a long golf course, but man, it is tricky and it is very easy to make bogeys and bogey the first hole out of the gate and bounced right back, birdied the second and the third hole and was kind of off and running. And that was a little bit of my day, ups and downs and ups and downs. And anytime I would make a bogey, I would bounce back with a birdie one of the next couple holes. And so I shot one under in the opening 18 holes. I figured I'd be kind of middle of the pack. Ended up, I was near the top of the leaderboard. I played uh, with a young man named Arthur. We met. Uh, I, of course, asked him. I mean, what, what do you think? I'm not going to ask the guy. I asked him on the second tee, I believe. I said, okay, what's the deal here? Are you related or not related? And he said, uh, I might be related, I think, was the answer that came out of, out of Arthur's uh, mouth. He's 24 years old, really awesome player. Great dude, nice kid, but hell of a golfer. Has uh, dreams and aspirations of playing professional golf, and I would be surprised if he didn't uh, get to that point. Hits it a mile has uh, got a great demeanor on the golf course, great attitude. And um, he was, I played all 36 holes with him and it was, it was lovely. I couldn't have asked for somebody better to play with, but I shot one under and they have a cut after 18 holes. I went back out, as I mentioned with Arthur for uh, twosomes in the afternoon. We were first off in the afternoon. I bogeyed one again, of course, uh, as, as one does. And I, I rolled in about a 10 footer on four for birdie to get back to even on the day and one under for the championship, and it was a bit of a calming situation for me, and just, again, kind of throughout the day, relatively steady, and uh, the interesting part of my day, I was asked after by, you know, one of the the members of the the Met Golf Association media team, what's been different this year, because I've, I've played some of the best tournament golf I've played basically since I was in my early 20s this year. I, I played a Met major a couple of weeks ago. It was called the Ike. It was at my, my club, my home club here in Connecticut, Brooklawn Country Club, shout out. And I I made the cut. There's an 18-hole kind of cut qualifier round in round one, and then I played solid. I think I shot 72-72, so one over each of the first two rounds, and then shot 66 in the final round, and it was – the low round of the entire final day, it popped me into the top 10. I think I finished in the tie for seventh. It's the lowest tournament round of golf I've played in a long time. I mean, years. I mean, I, I can't tell you the last time I shot 66 in a competitive golf tournament. And I was asked, you know, a day ago about my U.S. Amateur play. And I said, you know, it was enormous for me a couple of weeks ago in that final round of Brooklawn to just see that result because – I feel like this year, mentally, the golf game has been in a different place. I'm I'm leaning a little bit on some of the Vision 54 stuff. I've always been very impressed by uh, the philosophies of Vision 54 and the way they kind of treat the brain. And that whole idea of stepping into a golf shot and all the planning's done and now it's time for execution. It's been something I've been working a little bit on. I, I got to say, you know, putting that chipping putting green in the backyard last year and just getting a chance to, you know, I... The, the golf course that I'm a member at, Brooklawn, is 20 minutes away. I mean, I've got two little kids. you know. You're, so you're talking 40 to, to an hour commute there and back. And then, you know, you go out there and practice for an hour or two. It's just not the easiest thing to sell to the family on the days when the kids are home. And I get that. I mean, it's part of being a parent. It's part about being a co-parent. In you know, I mean, I know everybody that's a mid-am or an amateur golfer with kids out there is nodding their head right now because – Finding time to practice when you have children is not the easiest thing to do. Having practice in the backyard available is something I can always do, and it's something I do almost every day, and I've really seen those results around the greens with my short game in these tournaments, but the mental side of things 
has just clicked this year. I've just really tried to get into the golf shot and find the commitment that I've struggled with for the better part of my life in terms of tournament golf. You know, getting into a golf shot and is am I lined up right? Is this the right club? You know, is this going to be enough? Is this too much? Those types of questions that creep into your brain. I've basically tried to go through all that before I got into the golf shot. And so I felt a different level of commitment there. And I think because of that, I've been able to play tournament golf a little bit more like casual golf. And the other thing that I think has been key to me over the last couple of years, because since moving up here, I've I've played well in qualifiers and into some of these events. Last year, I missed a lot of cuts by one shot, but I played fine. I played solid golf. I'm not going out there and having the random, you know, 78, 79 round. I did one time last year at an event at Stanwich, but I, I, I hadn't played any golf for a few weeks going into it. And so I kind of just, you know, wrote that off as you, you had absolutely no preparation for this thing. That's fine. But I, I what I've realized over the last few years is that tournament golf used to intimidate me a bit. And now I find it the most fun golf in my life because it matters. It matters more than a money game. It matters more than playing against your buddies, a golf trip, all those things. And when you can embrace the nerves, and this is something that, you know, Tiger Woods has talked about. He said, you know, I get nervous on the golf course. I used to think nerves were a bad thing. I used to think the fact that I was nervous meant I either wasn't prepped or I wasn't ready for it or the moment was too big. And to kind of realize that everybody goes through that and everybody, no matter what level of golf they play in, has moments of uncomfortableness and first tee jitters and just the little, you know, the first tap in you have from two feet, you kind of go, oh man, I haven't hit one of these in a bit. All of those things are relatively normal across the board, not just in amateur golf or junior golf or professional golf, but something everybody feels has, uh, has been a nice thing for me to embrace. So mentally I've been better having that round at the Ike. And then yesterday was just 36 holes of solid golf commitment to golf swings I made some bad ones for sure but for the most part I felt like I spent the better part of 95 percent of my shots being really if not fully committed and then kind of the secret weapon and I've got to give a shout out to my dude Kevin he reached out to me on Instagram he's a caddy out at Bonnie Briar and he said hey man I saw you're in the am qualifier I'm a competitive golfer if you need a looper let me know I'd love to go out there and walk with you Kevin was uh, uh, was probably as much of the reason I qualified as my new mindset on the golf course because I'm a guy that has either approached rounds of golf, I'm going to play conservative or I'm going to play aggressive. And it's never really one or it's never really the middle ground. It's either I'm going into a qualifier understanding that even par is good enough and those are the days where I hit maybe two or three drivers around or I go into a round feeling like I got to go low and that's when I'm hitting driver all over the place. And Kevin was great because he wanted me to play more aggressive in spots that maybe I wouldn't have if I was out there by myself. And every decision in in that vein turned out to be a good one. I'll give you a couple of examples. So on the ninth hole in the second rounds, par five, I uh, I just had missed about a six-footer for birdie on the previous hole. And, and it was a good look, and I didn't hit a great putt. And I'd been putting well, you know, for the better part of whatever that is, 27 holes or 26 holes. Nine's a par five, very gettable. I pull my tee shot right in the trees, and I don't have a lot. And there's a tree in front of me, probably 15, 20 yards in front of me with 
a, a relatively low, I don't know, whatever you call it, a canopy, I guess you might call it. And uh, there's out of bounds left, and the green is a little uphill. And I had about 197 yards, I believe, to the flag. And if I was out there by myself carrying my own bag, I most likely would have chipped it out 100, 150 yards up that left side of the fairway and had a sand wedge or lob wedge in. And Kevin looks at me and he goes, why don't you just hit like a moving hard hook? And if you can miss it right all day, you know, there's out of bounds left. He goes, you can hit it 30 yards right out of the green and it's a chip shot. It's pretty easy. And I'm like, all right, man, sure, let's go. And I hit this going hook five iron and it goes just over the green. I chip it up there to a couple feet, make birdie. And again, who knows if I make birdie if I lay up, but it was a very easy up and down from the position I was at. And it was a really, really good golf shot I hit. So I make birdie there. Now we get deeper into the round. Now it really is looking like somebody from either me or Arthur, who were playing together, who was playing awesome golf, by the way, in the second round. It looked like one of us two were going to have a really good chance of qualifying if we continue to do what we were doing. And I was hitting driver on some of the short par fours, trying to drive greens. Uh, I'd driven the, I believe it's the 14th hole. I drove it in the middle of the green in the morning round and two-putted for birdie and hit it again in the afternoon, and it went just past the flagstick, back, you know, just over the green. I actually hit a chip shot. I hit the middle of the flagstick and didn't go in for eagle, but easy tap and birdie there. And I get to 16, so it finishes par 5, par 5, short par 4. And the par fives are pretty daunting tee shots, but if you can get the ball and play off the tee, you're going to have a good chance to make birdie. I hit like a snap hook off the tee on 16. Talking about that committed thing, I had some thoughts in my head. Left is dead, right is okay, and I just stood over the tee shot for a moment too long and hit this snap hook, and I was kind of in my mind thinking, okay, it's over. Like, that's probably lost or in the water or whatever. And it hit a tree and kicked right. And to say it was in a good spot is not what I would say. It was not in a good spot. It was in rough. It had a weird lie, but it was findable. And so Kevin and I are sitting there kind of going over the options. I decided to try to hit five iron over this creek. It was about 170 yards out. I pull it off the lie. I'm not in a good spot at all, but it's up. And we have this back and forth conversation. I decide to hit a gap wedge over trees right of the green on purpose and try to get up and down. I pull that shot off. I hit an excellent chip shot. Shout out to the griddle and make about an eight-footer for par there to stay at, I believe at the time, was even par for the qualifier. And so I did that, and I kind of went, okay, smoke a drive on 17. This is after the morning round. I hit driver right on 17 into the absolute trash. Kevin finds the ball. It looked like I was going to make seven or eight. Finds the ball. I chip it out. I hit three wood up by the green. I get up and down, save par. This time, don't need that. I hit one of my best drives of the day. Middle of the fairway, hit a six iron in the middle of the green, two putt birdie. Now I'm one under, and I'm walking to 18T, and this goes back to the brilliance of a good caddy and how sometimes you need to be reminded of your abilities and what you can do on the golf course. And this was a perfect example of just that. We're walking back to the 18th tee. It's about a 330, 320-yard par four, a lot of bunkering out there. It has some similarities without the creek left. I'll say there are similarities in a way to 17 at TPC Scottsdale where you can lay up, but there's so many bunkers out there in the fairway that the layup is pretty intimidating. 
The drive also relatively intimidating. There's out of bounds left, and there is high fescue right, and there's a cart path that runs up the right side that if you are trying to hit it kind of where you want to hit it, and for me being a lefty, I pull it even two or three yards, and it gets on that car pad. It, it can actually go out of bounds. We saw somebody that was dealing with that as we made the turn in that in that second round. And as we're walking back to the tee, Kevin goes, well, good news here. We have There's no decision to be made. And I kind of looked at him, and I'd hit driver in the morning round and hit it on the back of the green and two-putt it for birdie. And I, again, kind of going back to what I said about nine, if it had been me, I'd have laid up. I would have hit an iron and tried to hit an iron in the fairway. I would have tried to wedge it close and make birdie that way. I'm playing with Arthur, who at the time is a shot behind me and had just birdied 16 and 17. And it felt, again, if you looked at the app, like it was going to kind of be between us. Little did we know that there was this unbelievably talented high school kid that was making, I think he made nine birdies on his last 14 holes, but on the other side of the golf course. And uh, we didn't know that was going on at the time. So, Kevin says that to me, and it was one of my favorite caddy moments of my entire life. There's no decision to be made here. We know what we're going to do. And when he said it, I thought to myself, okay, then I'm hitting driver. Like, I'm going to hit driver, and if I don't commit to it or I don't pull off the golf shot, that's on me. But I got a guy that hit me up on social media that has walked 35 holes with me that has been great and he's grinded and he's been positive and he's been fun and he believes that I got this shot in the bag. Let me believe it too. And I hit it a little right of the line I hit it on in the morning, but still pretty good. Hit on the hill. Didn't quite get the kick I'd got in the morning, which kind of kicked it onto the green. But it came up about 15 yards short of the green on the hill. I get up there. The lie was fine. Wasn't great. Wasn't bad. And I hit a little kind of like cut the legs out from under at lob wedge, lands on the fringe, rolls up to about a foot and a half. And uh, I kicked that in for birdie to finish birdie birdie and to clip uh, Arthur by a shot and to finish it two under. So I shoot 70, 70, one under, one under, and two under had me second. And that was the last spot. And that got me into the U.S. Amateur. So, you know, I mean, listen, it was it's wild. It's been a dream of mine to play in a USGA championship. It has obviously been a dream of mine to play in a U.S. Amateur. My first ever hosting duties in a national broadcast was the 2016 U.S. Amateur. Joe Buck, I believe, was sick. I remember my boss called me. I was actually driving the car that my then-girlfriend, now-wife, and I shared in Connecticut – I was driving it from Connecticut to Arizona as we were moving back to Arizona, and I was in East Texas visiting the folks, and my boss called me and said, hey, I need you to fly up to Chicago. You've got to host the first couple days of the U.S. Amateur, and I went up there and did that. That's the Amateur Bryson one, and that was the first time I'd ever been in that seat on a national level, and, you know, I mean, I'd love to play in one of these one day, but, I mean, I thought the time had passed me by, or maybe my skill set wasn't there, the brain might not have been there, but... To play in my first one at the age of 39 is very cool. I'm interested to see where I fall in terms of the oldest people in the field. I'm assuming I'm assuming the U.S. Senior Amateur probably gets an invite to the Amateur, so he's going to be older than me. But I'm going to be in like the top, you know, two or three oldest people in the field, which is wild to think. Uh, but that's where golf is, and that is where golf is going. What I'm doing well right now on the golf course, and shout out to Tiger again. I'm not making double bogeys. I don't know if I've made a double this year in competitive golf. If you don't make doubles and you're making birdies and you feel comfortable on the greens, you can make those shots up. I am mentally committing to shots 
and I'm believing and trusting in my reads and my line on the greens. And obviously the chipping has uh, has been very helpful. So uh, shout out to all the work on the griddle and um, having the, the chipping green in the backyard. So yeah, uh, Cherry Hills, Colorado Golf Club, very, very excited about it. Never played either of them. Um, thanks, by the way, to everybody out there that reached out and said congrats and sent messages on social media. Means a lot. Uh, very cool accomplishment for me. I was very pumped to get through. And again, we don't get to celebrate a lot in this sport and in this game. And this is a moment that I get to celebrate and I get to pat myself on the back. And uh, I don't like doing that. I don't think we as humans, especially males, like to do that that much. So, you know, when you when you do something, I, I talked to Andy Johnson last night and he was telling me when he qualified for the mid-AM at Stonewall a few years back, a uh, buddy has said, you know, enjoy this moment. You know, you, you did it. You, you, you did what you set out to accomplish. And uh, now the, the mindset changes to the amateur. And, you know, the goal is going to be make match play. And the goal really for me is just going to go out there and play solid golf and understand, as I've thought all year long and I've thought for the last few years, there's absolutely nothing wrong with making pars. Bogies are okay as well. The birdies will come if you stay patient. And so that'll be my mentality for it. But cannot wait to get out to Denver. Uh, very exciting uh, for me and my friends. And I'll end with this. If you're a competitive golfer and you're lucky enough to have your your dad or your mom, whoever was the golf person in your life around, you understand what I'm about to say. But, you know, my dad, he introduced me to the game. He still is obviously very um, involved in when I play golf tournaments. When I played in that Ike a few years ago, my dad flew out to watch me play. You know, I'm I'm, thir- I'm 39. You know, I got two little kids. Like, he's got plenty of things he could be doing besides, you know, flying from Texas to Connecticut and watching me play in, you know, in, in, a, in a relatively anonymous amateur event in terms of what we have around the country. Uh, big for us, big for me, big for the Met. But, you know, outside of that, I mean, people don't probably care that much about what's going on in this area. And he flew out and he walked every hole with me, 54 holes in two days. And... um He's the first guy I call after every golf tournament I play, and he was the first guy I called, you know, when I finished up uh, my round, and I was updating him, and I was calling him, you know, as rounds were people rounds were getting posted and guys were coming in, and uh, he's already looking at flights to come to Colorado. And when you have that parent in your life, that joy of discussing those rounds never goes away. I remember my mom making fun of us years ago. I remember, I think it was the Starburst at the time was this event in Waco and Waco was a four or five hour drive from, from Waco to Marshall. And I played solid the last couple of rounds. I believe my dad caddy for me, my mom said, I, you know, we drove home four hours. You guys talked about the round, the entire drive home. That's what golfers do. We, we discuss rounds. We talk about shots. We relive those experiences. And dad is still the first dude I call, you know, when these types of things happen and, uh, to understand and to realize that I'm going to, if, you know, if, if my son or daughter decide to play competitive golf or play any level of sport to understand that I'm going to get to do that with them gets me, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to be emotional, but you, you, you know, you can feel it coming when you think about that, because it is one of my favorite things to do with my dad is to call him after something that went well, or even call him after, something that didn't go well on the golf course and to talk about it 
And especially when he's there and he sees it and you can talk about the shots or the putts or what about that lie or can you believe that ball kicked back in the fairway? Those stories are really things that you can only have with either somebody that caddied for you or somebody that cares as much about what you did on the golf course or on the lacrosse field or on the soccer pitch or on the basketball court as you do, if not more. And uh, first dude I called, you know, and I mean, he will be the first dude I call after all these rounds. And uh, that is a relationship that you understand if you have it. And uh, if you don't either, you know, I I wish you did or, um, you know, maybe you'll have it with, uh, with your kiddos if they get into it. But um, yeah, that was my week. And um, I just wanted to chat about it for a few minutes on the podcast because it was really cool. And I'm, 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 I'm hounding, Stuart Hagestad about a practice round. I got buddies of mine in the area that have their qualifier coming up, and uh, I'm hoping they get through, uh, Pat and Brad and, and the crew out here. Uh, my buddy Ashton and Joel Klatt have a qualifier uh, this coming week in California. I, they were playing a practice round yesterday. They said they were refreshing the uh, app on every hole to see where I was. So fingers crossed that they can have a good day. Would love to have them uh, out at Cherry Hills as well. That'd be a fun practice round and uh and a full circle moment for us but yeah again just uh, you know either either you understand it or you don't but i think everybody can understand when you accomplish uh you know a lifelong or or you know a a goal or a dream of yours and what it must feel like and uh one last thing shout out to craig perks for this years ago i had craig perks on the clubhouse podcast we were talking about when he won the players and he said he won the players and the next day he was mowing his yard, and he said his wife was in the house, and the phone kept ringing, kept ringing, kept ringing, kept ringing, and he was out mowing his lawn the Monday after he won the players. You know what I did this morning? I mowed my lawn. So uh, I was I, I followed in the footsteps of Mr. Craig Perks, uh, who is one of my favorite people in the game. But, again, thanks to, the, thanks to the people that sent the messages. Shout out one last time to Kevin for the help on the bag and navigating that golf course. I wouldn't have been able to qualify without him. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm off to Scotland uh, just for a few days, and I'll be back next week with an open championship preview pod and uh, more to come. Uh, These are the best two weeks in professional golf, either if you're going to the open or if you're stateside. You get early coffee golf, as the boys call it. And, um, yeah, I mean, how do you not like Lynx golf? It's going to be fantastic. So thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Fired up for Cherry Hills. Cannot wait to get to Colorado. And uh, we'll be back next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.